0: Hello, my follower listeners. Uh, It's been a long time I have done a podcast. Uh, Let me start by saying there is sad news right now for those who love the Queen. Uh, We all know that Prince Philip has uh, passed away. Uh, And so, you know, as a as a military man, uh, going to Sandoz military school Uh, before creating my own army, you know, it would be disrespectful for me not to acknowledge the death of the Duke of uh, Edinburgh. Uh, stand up and salute. uh, So stand up and salute. (laughs) Uh, Mixed views, but you know, he he was a great man. He was a great man. But uh, with no further ado, I am going back to my days at secondary school. You know, one of the things I wanted to do in terms of this podcast, is to make contact with people that I went to school with, you know, from all walks of life. And I want to introduce you to someone who didn't know I was going to end up becoming a military man. Uh, I went to one of the best secondary schools in Nigeria. Uh, the best way to describe it is uh, almost saying that it was the Eton of England. Yeah. Uh, produced the likes of Professor Shoyenka uh, Chinua Chebe. You know, very, very important people, and some of these people I mentioned because they, uh, you know, were very influential, not just outside Nigeria, but you know them within the Western world. I went to a school called Government College, and uh, part of the old boys association, even though I feel guilty because of comedy, I've not been able to, you know, go to those meetings regularly. But I want to introduce you to one of many of my friends We went to secondary school together. His name is Olumide Ayola. Uh, I know some of you might not be able to pronounce that name properly. I will repeat it again. He's one of these Nigerians who hasn't got any English name. I don't know why, maybe (laughs) maybe because he wasn't born in the UK. Who knows, maybe he's an illegal immigrant, but he's Olumide Ayola. He's a pilot uh, and he's based in the United Kingdom. And I feel really privileged and honored because he's been traveling and he's just recently returned. And I told him, you have to come onto my podcast, let's catch up, let's find out, because I never knew he was going to end up being a pilot. And I'm sure he never knew that I was going to end up being a military man. So it's really interesting how life takes us in funny directions. And I have to say to you, my secondary school, Government College Baghdad, was more, and he might correct me, I believe was more science orientated, rather than acts orientated. Most people wanted to be doctors or lawyers, even though we had the likes of Professor Shoyinka and uh, Chinua chaber who focused on literature, but most people, genuinely, it was more of a science orientated, and I think maybe that is why I have ended up like this because I wasn't into science, I was more into arts, more into comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so Olumide, how are you? It's been a long time. How's that, things? Yeah, I'm
1: good, thanks. It's uh, great to catch up with you. Uh, I've been uh, keeping uh keeping in touch with you indirectly from uh, your Facebook posts and Twitter posts and and the odd occasion when you drop into an uh, old boys uh, forum.
0: Yes, I want I then- must, to must start by congratulating you because when we talk about fellowship, you are a great leader. You pull people together. I mean, one of the things you've done successfully, and I th- always feel guilty because I, I can't seem to keep up. It's the pandemic, actually, that stopped me from that made me realize that Uh, yeah it just put a stop to everything
1: convenient convenient (laughs) excuse
0: it's a pandemic but you i must commend you because you you the way you've uh because you were part of part of uh the the, i almost say the founding founders of of the whatsapp group you know you created that group uh, and i can see the benefits of it in terms of fellowship and just being in touch and reminiscing in terms of the gci days even though as I has set in, I can't remember everybody that <laughs> that went to secondary school, but it's good, and we celebrate birthdays and you know, great, great fellowship. So even though I don't uh, respond all the time, I I, I read those messages. But yeah. let's talk about you and your life. And before I say that, I I I feel really uh, I feel offended. Let me tell you, look at your bookcase; you don't even have any poster of me you know president <laughs> bon jo- nothing at all it's just empty with books they're they're
1: all in the living room oh i, I, I might show you later my, there are photos there's, of
0: me in the living room
1: yeah there's a full uh full life portrait of, of
0: you ah excellent because that's what i want in every house in the united kingdom actually that's my mission every home in the uk every must home around one. the world must have a picture of me Okay. That is the beginning. So you will, later on, you're going to take me to that living room. I want to see it. But I'm interested. Ah. Uh, yes, I am definitely interested. <laughs> I want to see. <laughs> I want to. See, what What are your books? What what do you read? Um.
1: Uh, there's everything. There's uh, uh, there's books from university days. There's yeah. uh, books uh, for my kids, and obviously there's books about flying.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Um, and then we have novels and uh, I, it's okay. a bit of everything. It's okay.
0: a bit of everything. So you are one of the reasons why I wanted to get you here is that you're a pilot. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, I, I I always have this, I have this dream, I you know, that I also have a plane, you know, Air Force One or <laughs> Bondo Airlines. You know, I it's I've never ever made it real, you know, I've never ever been able to make it real. Why? Yeah pilot as a profession, at what point did you realize that that's what you were going to do? Uh, well, I actually realized, I think I was about
1: age five or age six. Um, it was actually a very first uh, family trip abroad from Nigeria. Um, and uh, we, we flew from the old uh, Lagos Airport to London but via Amsterdam Okay. No, I'm sorry. I, let me correct that. It was our first uh, family trip abroad by plane, because a couple of years earlier we'd been uh, on a ship. Uh, that took about two weeks to get from uh, from Lagos to to England and uh, another two weeks to get back. Um, so we ended up only staying in England for about two weeks. That so my parents decided. All right, next time we're gonna fly because that's uh, that's faster. So obviously, all the kids were very excited. Myself, my brother, and my little sister. Um, I don't think we slept the night before the trip. You know, no. we stayed at we, we as you know we live in Ibano. so mm-hmm. we we drove up to Lagos the day before and stayed in the airport hotel in in Lagos. Um, and funnily enough the airline crews also stayed in that same hotel so the evening before they'd seen us in the lobby checking in or maybe in the restaurant having dinner or something so the next day on the flight during the flight uh one of the air hostesses recognized me and said hey little boy do you want to you want to see the cockpit wow i was like oh yeah okay let's go you know, so she took me into the cockpit, and I walked into this cockpit, and I saw all these buttons and all these lights, and you know, and uh, and the clouds, and and I thought, yeah, this this is what I want to be. You know, I want I want to be a pilot. So when I went back to my seat, I told my parents uh, immediately, when I grow up, I want to be a pilot. And you, you know, the TikTok, my dear parents. No. my dad was like, yeah, whatever. You know. <laughs> Uh, yeah I'm, I'm sure he's going to change his mind. Let's just indulge him you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it stayed that way as the years went by. Uh, uh, when we were in GCI, um, I already knew I wanted to be a pilot. Wow I'd I've done, I've done quite a bit of uh, research already <clears throat> and I didn't even want to go to university. you know I thought I'll do all levels and then straight to, to flying school. Uh, and in the beginning, my dad was like, yeah, yeah, OK, whatever, you know. But as we got closer to, to leaving school, he, he started freaking out thinking, yeah, but this guy's serious, <laughs> you know, he, he really doesn't want to study anymore. He wants to go go flying. Um, so then I began to get a bit of uh, pushback, you know, from them saying, ah, no, it's, still, it's too young to start flying now. Why don't you go and do, study something else? And if flying doesn't work out, you'll have something to fall back on to. But the 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 big push was in GCI, there was a small group of us that were all wanted to be to be pilots, you know, and we were quite nerdy about it. We were collecting brochures and flying magazines. And Mm -hmm. uh, in the break time you'd find us all looking Mm -hmm. through Mm -hmm. magazines and and getting uh, so we kind of encouraged each other, you know, and uh, from there it grew. So, uh, cut a long story short, they convinced me to 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 go to university, study something, at least as a as a sort of basis mm-hmm. before going flying. Um, so I studied engineering, which are the books mm-hmm. you you <laughs> you noticed uh, mm-hmm. up there. But all the time while I was in university, that was still in my mind that th- this is my dream. You know, uh, I finished university and then tried to get into the, the flying. Uh, but it turned out that I had bad eyesight and my eyesight was not good enough uh, to, to become a pilot. So that was the sort of end of the dream. And that's about the time uh you and i reconnected around bethnal green you mm-hmm. remember when mm-hmm. i lived in, mm-hmm. when i lived in that old green mm-hmm. and we actually used to see you quite often yeah, eh, yeah before yeah, you yeah. became before you became <laughs> president of Bonjo. i think you were a sergeant and i'll be a yeah. sergeant I was, of bon I was just a civilian i was just a civilian yeah. <laughs> okay yeah so at that time the 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 dream had kind of died which is why you also probably didn't know about it, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I didn't talk about it anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or, uh, so, and then it turned out that my parents had been wise to say study something else, you know. So I ended up working as an engineer uh, mm-hmm. for different companies.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But but eventually I ended up at uh, London on the ground on the Jubilee Line Extension Project mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as an engineer. Um, and at that time, two things happened. Two critical things happened. Uh, one was they invented laser surgery for for eyesight correction, mm-hmm. um, and the second thing is that it turned out that London Underground uh, is, is actually part of the civil service, okay. and the civil service had a social club that included a flying club. Mm-hmm. So members could could just go and fly leisure and small
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, propeller aircraft.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so those two things kind of rekindled the dream. You know? Wow! Um, I signed up straight away for the laser correction, and then and I joined the the flying club as well. So I started going flying uh, at weekends, just leisure flying. You know, mm-hmm. just uh, fly from. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was one of the meetings, one of the GCI all boys mm-hmm. meetings. Mm-hmm. Were you there in Newcastle? Yes, yes.
0: yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Where, where I ended up coming in a little, yeah, <laughs> in a little plane, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And at one of uh, at that point, I was thinking I'm a little bit too too old now. I was uh, think mm. twenty seven, mm. and generally, uh, most pilots start between twenty one and twenty five. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, okay, I'll just do this for leisure and mm. not uh, not think about it as a career. Until one day, uh, somebody else from the flying club mm. uh, persuaded me to take a day off work, uh, so we could fly to France because mm. he wanted to buy duty-free wine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the, I think he had a party coming up, so. It was, so me and him got uh, in this small plane we took off it was a very cloudy day mm. and then as we took off and climbed above the clouds the guy turned to me and said uh, doesn't this be working for a living you know
2: <laughs> and those
1: words just stayed in my head like yeah this this is it you know uh, this is work that doesn't feel like work mm. so from that point i i got back into the i got the mojo back
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, and followed the uh, followed up the dream. It's it's quite a long story, but I yeah, won't yeah, boy. yeah. No,
0: it is it is a fascinating story on so many counts. On the basis that you you the, the, you, you found out you wanted to you flying at the age of five. Is that correct? Five or six, yeah. yeah, and and it's just really interesting how and also the issues around your parents not wanting to to do that and that is more of a generation thing because i can identify right with too. that because at the That's age too. of 5 similar yeah. i want i knew i wanted to, i knew i was an alawada i wanted to do comedy oh really? yeah. That. yeah yeah i yeah. knew <laughs> I, it was it was in my dna there was nothing you could tell yeah. me and, and i remember my late father used to tell me in those days ah i remember when i was driving from lagos to akure and he used to say oh one of the reasons to me, like lati I always want you to be with me because you are so funny. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? You're so funny. Yeah. But they will not yeah. let me. They won't let me. they never exactly. ever supported me, but that was my I I know what you're talking about because it's like a pain, yeah. like a pain that doesn't heal until you yeah. actually satisfy that need. Uh, exactly. You don't exactly. feel complete. You never no. ever feel complete.
1: Yeah, you you are absolutely right. And that's a that's a typical I think it's different now, or at least I hope it's different. But at that time, if you remember, all uh, parents wanted their kids to be engineers, yeah, or, or lawyers, yeah, or, or doctors, yeah. You know, they they uh, it, it was such a uh, tunnel focused uh, expectation that they couldn't really look uh, beyond that and say, "Oh, okay." Um, Funnily enough, at the time I said I wanted to be a pilot, and my brother, my younger brother, said he wanted to be a fireman. So you can imagine. <laughs> <The father laughs> my, my dad was like, "Ah, oh, what <laughs> kind of children <laughs> are these?" <laughs> my father, think, you know?
0: my father was a civil engineer. He went to Government College, Ibadan. The first uh, son is an architect. The second one is a town planner. The third one, late uh, sister BC. That she was a doctor, so can you imagine? I wanted to do comedy in exactly. You see, I think they'll be thinking, ah,
1: you're gonna bring the family name down. Oh,
0: it wasn't even bringing the family name. They thought they genuinely thought by taking me to GCI that I'll end up becoming a civil engineer, and I can confidently no. tell you, I can confidently tell you, yes, I enjoyed my time at GCI, but I just didn't feel, I felt misplaced. Do you see know what I'm saying? I yeah, I wanted yeah, yeah. to be in the arts, and an art school, you know, where I can yeah. express performing yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So those days in GCI was just mixed, you know, it was yeah, just yeah. really, really mixed, and there were yeah, moments, there were moments of happiness, and there were moments of sadness because i just felt i wasn't in control i've been forced to go to this secondary school that's why i started by saying scientists you know doctors you know even all the people that i yeah most of the gci boys now they're doctors or or um, you know you know so i just thought nah this is this, this is not the way but you're right yeah in terms of um in terms of what's happening now certainly for me i let the children decide you know what they because that is really really important because that's what defines yeah. their happiness. That's what yeah. defines their happiness for the rest of their life.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can imagine back then if 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 a child said to their parents, yeah, I want to be a footballer, you know. Yes. Can you imagine can you imagine what the reaction would have been then? But now, now <laughs> if the child says, I want to be a footballer, ah. say, yeah, 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 go on, go on, so you know because because it's not all about degrees and yeah. qualifications you know mm, that mm. you can you can you can make a living mm. uh, from what is essentially a hobby it's just whatever you're good at you know oh, that's yeah
0: that... my question for you is so when you made that decision to become a pilot and you were already a grown-up man how did your yeah. parents react
1: do you know I didn't tell them until I got my first job, really? Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't <tell laughs> it, <but laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's a funny story. But it's, uh, it's becoming a pilot is very expensive. You mm-hmm. know, it's um, uh, it, it costs about a hundred thousand pounds. Really? But, yeah. So I felt I actually felt after I'd been through university as a as a private. Uh, overseas student
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know paying increased fees no grants mm-hmm, nothing mm-hmm. fully sponsored by my friends mm-hmm. um after university i felt a bit guilty to to go back and say oh, okay guys now you have to pay a hundred thousand for a flying school knowing also that my brother and sister were yeah. in university and mm-hmm. um and i said, the dream the dream had kind of died at the time so I just concentrated on on, on being a, a, an engineer
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, flying whenever I could.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but luckily, um, when we when I when I used to see you regularly, I mm-hmm. lived in Bethnal Green. Yeah. The reason you stopped seeing me regularly is because I moved from Bethnal Green. I bought my first apartment, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and that was in uh, Acton Town. Mm-hmm. It was a a small two bedroom apartment, you know, that I really couldn't afford at the time, but I stretched myself to get the mortgage and everything. Um, And in the time between buying the apartment and uh, deciding I was going to leave my job and go and and do the flying full time, uh, the apartment value had more than doubled. Wow. so in in going to the flying school i sold the apartment paid the mortgage off and had enough left over okay. to pay for the the to pay the flying school wow um, so, so i didn't need to to involve my parents at all in 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 paying for it okay so i just i just uh did that and gave them some reason for selling the apartment Mm-hmm. uh moved to Oxford where the flying school was. Wow. I, I was there for uh, two years and then I finished at Oxford. Uh, it was uh, just before 9-11. Uh, I think it was two or three years before 9-11. So there, there was already a recession starting. I can't remember now. I think maybe SARS or, mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. There was anyway some kind of financial dip. which meant that it was difficult to get a job straight away yeah so i finished the flying uh course and then came back and worked for a few months as an engineer as a contractor you know uh, so your parents your
0: your parents were right something you could fall back on
1: yeah well (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely you know i have to give them that they might you know, force uh, that was very good <laughs> advice because yeah. at the same time, at that same time, the guy, my 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 classmates in in the flying school, were working at places like Tesco, mm. uh, McDonald's, you know, mm. on minimum minimum wage. Mm. But I went back as an engineering contractor mm. on quite a quite a good uh, salary, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that, that kept me kept me going at mm-hmm. the time. I moved in with my brother in the meantime,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in East London mm-hmm. uh, and kept waiting for the airline to call me up, you mm-hmm. know? So uh, it took about nine months, I think, before the call. And then the call came um, and the airline I was signed up to in the flying school, uh, there was KLM, the, mm-hmm. the Dutch airline, mm-hmm. which also happened to be The airline we traveled on on that very first flight. Yeah.
0: Okay. Where I
1: decided I wanted to become a pilot. Wow. So so when I got the call from Kellam saying, okay, you can start uh uh on the I think it was 2nd of April or something. Uh a few days before, you know, I, I I really had to pinch myself and think, well, I was sitting in an office working as an engineer, and all the time I was thinking, man, from next week. I'm going to be a pilot. Wow, you know, that's the, that, that, yeah, that, that was the moment of reality, you know. Uh, up till that point, it had all been an aspiration, a mm-hmm, dream, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But th- this was it, you know, thinking, man, no more desk, no more chair. I'm going to be, it's mm-hmm. going to be a completely mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. lifestyle. And I thought, oh, and just in case, you know, something, it's, it's a more dangerous deal, I better tell them now, you
2: mm-hmm,
1: know. Mm-hmm. That, so I uh I called up my dad and I told him, yeah, I'm, I'm starting a new job uh next week. And then he said, as what uh, where you know what what I can I said, yeah, I'm gonna be a pilot, you know. Um I was expecting a, a very negative uh reaction when I said to him, uh, and he said, oh, wow, man, you you, you did it. You know, <laughs> this is something you've been talking about since you were five. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you've done it. And he was very happy and very proud. Mm. Um, and he started asking me all sorts of questions about planes, about turbulence. And then he said, OK, so uh, is it British Airways or Virgin or who? And I said, oh, it's uh, KLM. And he went, oh, that's the airline we're on, <laughs> you know. That I, and from that point on, he became very, very proud. You know, he used to go around telling everybody. he's a pilot. Sorry, pilot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's a pilot for KLM. You know. <laughs> and, uh, um, so yeah, the 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 reaction after I'd done it was 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 fine. Um, I'm not sure it would have been the same if I'd gone back to him and said, "Oh yeah, Daddy, can you pay for yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> for, yeah. for the flying school and, and yeah."
0: You know, fascinating but, story, fascinating story. I'm really, I'm really proud. I'm really proud, uh, proud of what you've achieved. Um,
1: likewise, you. I mean, you have to tell me your own story. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, I remember, I remember, I remember this laugh from GCI. Yeah, go year. on. Yeah. And and I also remember that you you were always uh, laughing and joking. because yes. we were in the same house. We were yes, in yes, house.
0: We're in the same house. Remember? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of the things I do remember was uh I was very playful at GCI. I just genuinely was very playful. Uh even when I wasn't at GCI, people will invite me to parties and say, Oh, well, Bonjour, we want you there. You know, ah, why because why, why, why? Ah, I would always be the soul. I was playful, yeah. really, really yeah, playful. Yeah. But I, I didn't I didn't plan, I never ever planned to be a comedian because I always saw myself as a naturally funny person. You know what I'm saying? Just naturally funny. Just tell whatever I need to say, do the narrative and people will laugh until. And I had no idea I was going to do this until I arrived in England. And then I saw um, someone called Felix Dexter. Yeah, I know, you know, because because my parents had really imposed that fear that, look, it's not it's not happening. So just like you, the dream just died, just literally died until I saw Felix Dexter at uh, Hackney Empire. And, and Felix Dexter, he had this character of like a Nigerian. And I just thought, ah, this thing is easy, mm-hmm. I can do this. I can. I had no idea that only me did that, there was a technique to it. I just thought you just go there and you talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I wasn't brave enough, just like you, I still wasn't brave enough to take enough. up. I was watching comedy shows. Then uh, in the late, probably in the late, late 90s, so it was like 10 years after, I went to someone's wedding and when I went to someone's wedding, it was a Nigerian wedding and the MC, you know, Nigerians now, we love to have MCs to host, you know, and, yeah. and the MC didn't show up. And this guy came to me and said, ah, Oga, I know you can do this. I know you never, you can, I know your people always want to be around you. Can you just MC this? And I just went there, Olumide, just naturally just doing my thing, 300 people, and people were screaming. Oh, who is this MC? You know, I was just being myself. I didn't even know I was doing MC. And I was interacting, banter. I would comment about the way people were dressed and where they're from, where they bought their shoes from, not knowing that they were enjoying the, the mm-hmm. performance. Yeah. And there was this English guy who saw me, and then he said, "Please, who are you?" Because I've been to so many Nigerian weddings, and the MCs are not. And you know, you know, we GCI now. You know, we speak with, you know. Eloquent, you know, it was obvious. Yes. Educated, but also funny, um, and he said, "Have you ever tried stand-up comedy?" I said, "What stand-up comedy? What, what, what is stand-up comedy?" Because when we were growing up in Nigeria, I don't know about you, I never knew about the, the people I remember who were funny was Baba Salah. yeah, yeah, Master. I never knew about yeah. Richard Pryor. I never knew about all these other comics in those days because we weren't exposed to uh, stand-up comedy Comedy per se. It was either yeah. music. You know, It was never, ever comedy. Yeah. Um, and then he took me to a place called the Comedy Store. And I went into the Comedy Store. And when I arrived at the Comedy Store, it happened to be a night when they asked people to come on stage and perform. So they said, did anyone want to come on stage and perform? The guy just said, go, go, go. It was a Monday night. I went there. I did five minutes. People were laughing. And Shuma, yeah. I didn't plan anything. I just went there and I just said something. And people were laughing. Yeah. I said, yes, I am a comedian. I am ready. <laughs> and what happens is when you go to places like that, there are comedy promoters who are there. And so they will give you their numbers and say, ah, President Obonjo, come on over, come on over, come on over. In the meantime, Obonjo is a nickname that a, friend, a late friend of mine gave me, uh, Abe. You might know him, Abe Fatuga. Uh, he died oh yeah
1: yeah i went to school with abe
0: yes yeah yeah that's you how know, so you know and he i, I stayed with Abbe when i came to london and Abi, okay, that's
1: when that's yeah, when yeah, i that, was in not Green. yeah yeah you're in
0: Bethnal green and and i was in popular yeah oh, for, well. for Poplar, and abe saw what i didn't see in me when i say saw, i knew i always had it but if the dream had died but he always said to me oh which he gave me as a nickname you are wasted You should be a public speaker. You should be. You you are too funny. Don't put this to waste. Do something about it. Do You know, it was only when he died that I realized that um, he knew what he was talking about. And because of him, I wanted because he was a very close friend, you know, apart from just being a close friend, he was part Mm -hmm. of the family because his younger brother at the time married my sister. So I just picked up, went to this comedy store thing. And I said, "Ah, I've got to live this dream for Abi, because Abe saw me as a comedian, yeah. and that's how I started. And I went to some clubs, and I would die. Die means you're not doing very well, because yeah. I'm prepared. I just go there, and I wouldn't know what I'm saying. I would do some jokes. It wouldn't work. But eventually, I got better, because I realized that there was a technique. However, I performed as a civilian president. And then, eventually, Obama came into the scene. And then, when Obama came into the scene, yeah, yes, we can. Yes, we can. And then four years later, you know, the Republicans were giving him a lot of problems. Yeah, you know? yeah. so I said to myself, what would, what would Obama do if he was an African president? He will become an African dictator. So <laughs> the constitution, tell the Republicans to go and fuck <laughs> off, you know, and so on and so forth. So I was driving past a place in Stevenage and it was an old military uniform. They sell military uniforms. All right. And yeah. I just wore this military uniform. And I felt, I felt powerful. Only with it. I felt like <laughs> I felt like a real, I felt like, like incredible hawk. So I went yeah. back to the I went back to the comedy store and I went on stage. Come and see people clapping. And you see this thing about comedy. I'm not sure if it's the same with uh, flying, it's very, very addictive. Very, very addictive, you know. It, it, I just got consumed in it, and then I started gaining fans. People calling my president, and you know, I know I might be deluded, but that's how, we, <laughs> that's, how that's how we started. But it was a dream, very similar to yeah. you. Yeah. It was a dream. I can confidently say, you say to you that I am much happier that I have actually done this and yeah. not doing it yeah. at all. You know, there yeah. are some people who are stuck in the wrong professions for the uh, rest, exactly. of them, and they are unhappy. Yeah. Because yeah. I have a friend who wanted to play football. He keeps talking about it, even though he's fifty-something now. Ah, ball, tele tele. Those regrets yeah. are there because he never ever was able to do what he really wanted to do.
1: Yeah, um, uh, uh, definitely, and probably at the we. I think we made the move about about a similar age, mm-hmm. you know, late twenties, early thirties, mm-hmm. uh, which comes with a lot of risk.
0: You know? No, 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 no. The risk, yeah. the risk no, the risk, the risk, Olivier, they, I I I I genuinely don't know. I remember when I first introduced myself to the GCI was up group. I know some people just probably thought, ah, Eleti or you know, there's some mental health breakdown happening somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere. But actually, if you can identify with the fact that you have a dream, you know, and you want to explore that dream, no matter what the risks are, you will understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, I understand it, but you can't—you
1: can't uh, avoid the fact that it was a risk, you know, because you're going from something that's uh, pretty established. In Mm -hmm. my case, I I was an engineer. I could Mm -hmm. have stayed as an engineer and Mm -hmm. and risen up the Mm -hmm. ranks in the company
2: Mm
1: -hmm. with the ever-increasing salary, Mm -hmm. and you're 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 putting all that on the line Mm -hmm. to chase a dream, you know. Uh, there's not many people who do that, mm. you know. And and in, uh, certainly in my case, there were a lot of people that that on the face of it, they were like, "Oh, you want to be a pilot? Oh, nice." But I'm sure behind my back they were saying, "This guy is crazy." You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, why why you know why give up all this mm. to go and chase a dream uh, mm-hmm. where where there's no no guarantee of of success? You know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so it was risky, and I, I I think a lot of people were put off by the risk,
2: mm.
1: you know, because uh, I, I know quite a few people who just to get into university in Nigeria, you know, you sign up for any course, mm. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, a Greek, mm. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, just just to get into university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, if you couldn't make the cutoff mark for medicine or engineering, you you you'd. you'd, you'd take mm. a greek mm. just to get into university mm. and then you finish university and you have a degree in a greek you know and then, <laughs> yeah uh, 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 but you don't have a farm you, know? you you don't have any you know so then you uh, uh, I, I know quite a few people who have ended up doing what they're doing
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, not by design but mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: just by by sequence you know yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. they, I mean, they look, happen look.
0: My brother, look at the comedy scene in Nigeria now. Look at how big it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Look at how big it you is. Know, huh? it's, look booming. How, it's booming. It's booming. Yeah. To the extent they're coming out of the country, going, traveling all over Europe, traveling everywhere. And when you mix it with the Afrobeat, hello.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, um, uh, uh, I know you had the delay, delay on, yeah. uh, on one of your previous uh, yeah, yeah, podcasts. Yeah, yeah. But that's, you know, that's entertainment and, mm. and show business and comedy mm. and, and to a certain extent, theater and performing arts are now all it's all kind of, yeah. Yeah. In, mm. in, uh, yeah there's, there's comedians mm. just like you. Uh, when is, when is president Obonjo going to release his first, uh, his first record? Because now I see comedians, also, uh, yes. releasing <laughs> releasing uh, records, yeah. and acting in movies. You know, yeah, yeah exactly, so,
2: exactly. Yeah,
1: so uh, I even think that to to describe yourself as a comedian is becoming a little bit uh, old fashioned now. Yeah, it's more it, of an entertainer,
0: more of an entertainer. Yeah, yeah,
1: you're a performer. You're an all rounder. You know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but let's go so, back to
0: let's go back to the let's go back to the flying. So, okay, what is your yeah. what what is your uh, how often do you fly, and and what are the challenges? Because you're you're a married man with children,
1: so yeah. What, yeah
0: how how often do you fly? Uh, at the moment, it's um,
1: about three times a month.
0: Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: uh, because uh, I fly uh, long haul, so that's okay. uh, intercontinental, worldwide. Okay. Um, and the way it works, uh, depending where you've been. Mm-hmm. How many time zones you've crossed
0: yeah
1: and and how many days you were wherever you've been mm-hmm. uh, that determines how many days you're off when you get back home wow right so it's it's um it's it's a kind of a uh there's there's a field called aeromedical uh studies
2: okay
1: um and that that studies how your body reacts to to time zone changes okay and there's a thing called the biorhythm.
2: rhythm. You wow! Uh,
1: your your body's used to you going to bed at ten o'clock each night. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the day you go to bed at four a.m. Yeah, your body is still going to try to wake you up at mm-hmm. the same time you would have woken up if mm-hmm. you'd gone to bed mm-hmm. at ten. So those those kind of things you need you need time to recover from that. So
2: okay.
1: Uh, because I fly ultra long haul. Mm-hmm. Um, I just came back from Japan uh, now, which is a, a eight hour time difference with the UK. Mm. So, if you imagine, uh, two days ago, I was going to bed at one PM uh, London time. Okay, you know, and, and then getting up at eleven PM on the same day mm. to to work. Um, so, because of that, I have ten days off now after okay. that. Okay, after that flight. Um, but that's not. It's not like that for everybody. The, mm-hmm. the people who fly uh, shorter flights, for example, domestic,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which uh, in Europe domestic pretty much means within Europe, mm-hmm. not not within England.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, typically, they would fly four or five days a week. You know, and and in each day they do maybe two, three, or four short flights, one-hour flights, two-hour flights. Um, but I do one 12-hour flight,
2: mm-hmm.
1: stay there one or two nights, and then another 12-hour flight back, and then I'm off for
2: mm-hmm.
1: about 10 days. So it, it it varies. If I fly to Lagos, for example, that's a short flight for us. That's the shortest flight I do, six hours. Uh, stay one night in Lagos, six hours back, then I'm only off for three days. Wow. Wow. So it i I
0: gone.
1: Yeah, so I can't give you a, a fixed pattern, okay. but okay. that's okay. that's the shortest, and Japan was one of the longest, though.
0: So. It's it's uh, it's really interesting. So so you know what I I didn't consider and I should have thought about it is that even if you as a passenger, if you go on a long flight, you suffer from jet lag, don't you? You yeah. So that that happens to you to you guys, where it's even more complex than that.
1: Yeah, it's it's more complex than that, uh, but we from experience you learn to manage it okay you know and uh, there's no one, one, one cure fits all
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, personally i try to keep to the time zone at home
2: okay
1: Okay. Uh, so i leave my watch Mm -hmm. on uk time Mm -hmm. um, and then bizarrely I would think, oh man, I have to go to bed, and it's one p.m. in <laughs> in the in the afternoon. Uh, but it's already ten p.m. over mm-hmm. there. You know, mm-hmm. um, but by doing that, that reduces the effect of the jet lag mm-hmm. when I get back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have colleagues who, who who switch their watches as soon as we land onto mm-hmm. local time. You mm-hmm. know, and then they stay awake until ten p.m. local time, or or whatever the local time is. So what um, was it, it like
0: flying the plane with so many people in on it? Do you feel any sense of responsibility, or was it, it just fun? Even though it's a career, but
2: yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it's 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 fun. It's a
1: it's a hobby. I I tell people, and we we often talking to other pilots, you know, mm. um, we 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 say, man, if. If only the company realized that we would do this for free.
2: Okay. <laughs> you
1: know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, they, they, they give you a $30 million plane mm. and they give it to you and say, okay, take it to Japan, you know, mm. and yeah, it, most people uh, who end up becoming pilots are so enthusiastic and so driven to mm-hmm. become pilots. That it's not really about about the the money
2: mm-hmm.
1: or the I mean obviously you need money mm-hmm, to survive mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. pay your bills and everything, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's the job more than more than uh, more than the benefits that mm-hmm. count. So that's the first thing. It's it's fun, you know. The moment, uh, even when I'm at home here and I hear plane going overhead, you know before I know it, I'm I'm like uh, looking up. <laughs> yeah it's just still the same as I was as a mm. as a five-year-old kid. You, let me tell you a fun story. Remember when we were growing up in ibadan we had all those small planes flying
2: mm-hmm.
1: overhead, the mm-hmm. the the, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the planes that went from Lagos to ibadan So yeah. I used to, I used to look up at them and because they look so small, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, uh, obviously it's uh, stupid now, but when you're five, six years old, you're looking up and you're looking at the shape of the plane, and I'm thinking, how, how can anybody be in that small thing, you know? And I'm thinking, oh, they're probably, it's probably just one guy lying down (laughs) with his feet up at the back. (laughs) You know, that you have to, so those, those kind of childhood, uh, Thing, you know, when I look up at a plane now, I start imagining where's it going. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wonder what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Is it are they serving dinner yeah. or mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. watching movies? So, are... so it's still it's still fascinating. Um, as far as the, the sense of responsibility, yeah, obviously. Um, but with with the training, you that becomes almost routine. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, nobody has to tell you or oh, you have uh, 400 people in the mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. because everything you're trained to do has already taken into account
2: mm-hmm.
1: that you have those 400 people so you have to be as safe as possible mm-hmm. um, so just by, by by doing things by following your standard procedures um, you're already carrying out your responsibility to those people mm-hmm. um, so it's, it's not something that that um, automatically comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, as as passengers, it, it becomes more uh, passenger comfort. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, trying to avoid turbulence, avoiding bad weather, trying to make the mm-hmm. flight as smooth as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's more what's at the at the front of your mind. Um, rather than oh man, I have all these people; they're all relying on me. You know? mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that—that—that's what you've been trained to do. So, if you do it properly, then you're—you're uh, you're already carrying out your responsibility.
0: You know what's really interesting to that I, I didn't bear in mind is how much the plane is. You said thirty million pounds of thirty yeah, million
1: dollars. Wow! Yeah, almost or, wow. so, or more.
0: Wow! Yeah, and. And in terms of countries have you because there are 192 countries in the world but how many have you flown to? Wow well, I haven't been counting,
1: <laughs> I haven't been counting. Uh, but I've been to every continent except uh, Australia and antarctica
0: wow wow and yeah, when so... you when, and when you arrive at these continents or countries do you ever get a chance to go sightseeing or yeah yeah okay cool so you wow. Yeah. Uh,
1: we, we have to, again, from the aeromedical, uh, perspective,
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, wherever you fly to the law, the, it's the uh, worldwide law mm-hmm. is that you have to, uh, have a rest period. That's at least as long as the flight. Okay. Yeah. So that's to stop, uh, you know on scrupulous uh, companies for making you flight 12 hours yeah, and then yeah, yeah, yeah yeah after two hour two hour break mm-hmm. you have to come back you know? mm-hmm. um and then obviously airlines have different um different schedules so mm-hmm. it's uh, some places you don't fly to every day some places are once a week
2: okay
1: yeah for example or twice a week mm-hmm. uh, so if a flight was once a week um Let's say, for example, uh, you flew to Sydney, mm-hmm. and, and the airline flies once a week. Mm-hmm. You arrive in Sydney, and then you need a, a at least that's a twenty-two hour flight or something. I think mm-hmm. uh, you need at least twenty-two hours rest uh, before you can fly back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, if the if the airline keeps a plane on the ground for twenty-two hours they're losing money mm-hmm. yeah, every time a plane is on the ground it's losing money uh, so for them it's better to have another crew already in sydney mm-hmm. that brings the plane straight back mm-hmm. yeah and then you stay in sydney till the next plane comes into sydney which oh. could be a week later
0: wow.
1: so de facto you have a week in sydney uh-huh. yeah so so the the schedule varies from place to place um uh some places we have one night like mm-hmm. in lagos mm-hmm. because we fly every day mm-hmm. uh some places like osaka mm-hmm. we fly three times a week so mm-hmm. i had two nights over there mm-hmm. uh, and normally that would be time where you could go out sightseeing and uh do whatever you want because it's free time it's mm-hmm. uh it's your time. But with COVID now, every, everything has changed. Most places we fly to, you either have to stay in your room mm. uh, or you have to stay in the hotel.
0: Okay. You, know, you
1: can leave your room, but you can't leave the hotel. Okay, leave the hotel. Uh, yeah. So we've gone now from all of us uh, wanting to spend as long as possible in all these places to us now one thing to spend. get out as little, <laughs> as, as little time as possible. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so it's, it's funny how uh, COVID has changed the I scenario. Know, it's, it's changed you
0: know, the whole scenario. Okay, yeah, yeah. so I, I remember seeing, a, and this is when I knew you became a pilot. I remember seeing a photo of you with uh, uh, General Ulushegungobah Sonjo.
1: Yeah, another person, your your colleague president. My, my colleague <laughs> president. So
0: the question for me is, is when you're on the plane, are you told who the important dignitaries are? Uh,
1: yeah, we are. Uh, we have a list, we have a list of all the passengers on, on the flight. Right. Okay, um,
0: so what was it like when you found out General Lushet and passenger was on your plane? Well, uh,
1: I met him in London. Um, okay, I work for KLM, so okay. all my flights start and finish in Amsterdam. Okay. Well, it's my choice to live in London, so okay. I, I commute to work. Okay, you know, in the same way as somebody would commute from uh, Hemel Hempstead
0: to okay. London. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I, I commute from uh, London to Amsterdam.
0: Okay, before you catch the plane. Okay. Cool.
1: Before then, fly then the plane, I yeah. Yeah. then I fly the plane. So on London to Amsterdam, I go as a passenger, mm-hmm. but in uniform mm-hmm. and uh, we don't have to pay for the tickets. Mm-hmm. It's free of charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what happened on that particular day was um, I, uh, I got to the airport as usual and uh, uh, checked in for the flight as a passenger. Right. And then at the gate, one of the, the people at the gate uh said to me oh what the flight's gonna be a little bit delayed um because somebody has to come from the queen's lounge all right the queen's lounge is a separate terminal at Heathrow uh for vips you know for I've, been, I've
0: been i've been through it I've been. yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm sure left republic has a permanent, uh, <laughs> a permanent con- okay so you know where i'm talking, I'm not talking about, yeah,
2: about yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah all right, so they said uh, some some guy has to come from there, you know, uh, so we're, we're going to be about 10 minutes uh, delayed. Uh, and then the guy said to me, as a joke, he said, Here, you, you might know him. Uh, I can't even say the name, you know. And then I saw, <laughs> and I said to him, That's a former president. Uh, this was uh, at that time. Uh, good luck, Jonathan was was president. I said, "Oh, that's a former president of Nigeria." Are you sure? And mm. He said, uh, He said, "I don't know the bloke." <laughs> 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 so I said, uh, "Okay, we'll see uh, when he when he comes on board." You mm. know. Uh, so I went on the plane with VIPs. They they make them board last, okay, uh, uh, for security reasons and. So
0: they don't keep them waiting. You keep telling me um, as if I don't know. I I know. Yeah, I, I, well, I know. but mine, mine, is true, my true, mine is true. My is mine is true. EasyJet. I've been true. EasyJet. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm. I'm telling your viewers, not you. Yeah. Yeah. No, yes. yes know, definitely. You, definitely. You, you know. You know the <laughs> Um So I, I I sat down in in business class on a, on an aisle seat. You know. And then uh, in came uh, President of Washington and his uh, uh, personal assistant, you know, Uh, and funnily enough, he sat across from me on the aisle, you know. Um, And then we took off and then I was thinking, should I say something to him or, 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 you know, Um, so uh, i said uh good good afternoon sir. Well, uh you know and at that point he didn't he hadn't clocked that i was uh, a nigerian you know so i said to him oh are you are you traveling to to uh, lagos and he said yeah and I said oh i'm going to be your pilot on the flight from from lagos to from amsterdam to lagos mm. and then i introduced myself to him and said oh, my name is olumide ayola and then he said ah, which which ayola? and i said oh uh, from Ibadan, and he said, "Oh, I know your dad, and also your your pilot. Uh, that's good. That's good." Then he said to me, oh, "We need people like you to come back to Nigeria. You know, <laughs> you yeah. um, So I said to him, oh, "Okay, well, uh, we'll talk more about it on the, on the flight on the flight to to Lagos." Uh, so then we got to Amsterdam and he went off again to the VIP lounge in Amsterdam, which I'm sure you know as well, mm-hmm. uh, and I went off to, to do the flight preparation. And then I told the rest of my colleagues, they, they already had a passenger list and it mm-hmm. just says VIP.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then I said to him, well, this is no ordinary VIP. This is the ex-president yeah. Yeah, of uh, of Nigeria. So they were all excited and, and looking forward to, to, to meeting him anyway. So we, we got on the flight to Lagos um, and at that point they already knew who he was and he was also very jolly and very mm-hmm. interactive, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and nearly everybody on the flight to Lagos knew he was on, on the board mm-hmm. at, at that point. Uh, so there were people coming from uh, economy class. <laughs> to first, but yeah, I'm not. i during the fight with proposals, with you know, say, uh, um. So the 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 senior cabin crew member came to me uh, and said, ah, dear, "I don't know, is it okay to let people go to him, or should I stop them, or, or whatever, you know?" Um. So I said, "Okay, I will ask him." You know. So I came out of the cockpit and went to him and said. Uh, are you are these people disturbing you or whatever and he said no no let them come let them come." you know okay. he it. <laughs> yeah 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 he, he was obviously enjoying the, the adoration and so that continued for about three hours and then he had his dinner uh and then he came into the galley you know and he was laughing and joking with the mm-hmm. stewardesses and and everything then he one of the stewardesses came in and said oh he wants to talk to you you know so he came into the cockpit and that's when we we took, took the the photographs. photographs
2: you know yeah yeah and he,
1: he kept us entertained for about 2 hours you know <laughs> talking yeah, yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> a very yeah yeah very very very
0: so yeah. um uh so your your plane is a, is it a boeing plane what what is it is a what plane is it like?
1: uh, at that time, that was an Airbus, Airbus okay. three thirty. But
0: I'm and now I'm on the Boeing. Uh, okay. Uh, dream. So, excuse my ignorance. Uh, I don't know because I don't really have a plane. Yeah. But um, Air Force One, can you yeah. fly Air Force One?
1: Uh, Air Force One is a Boeing. Okay. Uh, it's a Boeing seven four seven. Yeah. Um. So it's it's from the Boeing family. Okay. Um, uh, Your if you ask me, I can fly if you ask the regulatory authorities i can't fly until i go on of course We okay. uh, our licenses are specific to one airplane type okay, okay. Um, but the the underlying uh, theory and principles are the, are the same for all planes
0: so it's almost uh, like it's almost like um saying you can drive a car but you can't drive a truck Because you need a different license.
1: No, it's uh, it's like saying you can drive uh, uh, a Nissan, Mm -hmm. yeah, Uh, or you can drive a Nissan Micra, Mm -hmm. um, but you can't drive a Mercedes. Okay. Yeah, because it's not just about the driving, the 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 steering and the accelerator and the Mm -hmm. brake when when you drive a Nissan Micra the way we fly planes Mm -hmm. yeah you you need to know everything about the Micra how the electric how the electric circuits work Mm -hmm. how the fuel system works how the Mm -hmm. air conditioning works Mm -hmm. so it's not just about the flying you also have to know everything technically Mm
2: -hmm.
1: about about the plane so Mm -hmm. that's why we're restricted to one one type. The flying itself, you know, the turning left, turning right, mm-hmm. climbing, descending, mm-hmm. that's the same for all planes, but the systems are different. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, you're restricted to one type on your license at, at one time.
2: Mm-hmm. You can
1: move, you can switch from one type to another, but then you have to do, do a thing called a conversion course.
2: Okay.
1: Wow. You know, so when I switch from the Airbus, the boeing i had to do a conversion course uh, that's like two months
0: okay wow 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 so um is your voice different talking to me compared to when you're on the plane because i i have something i'd like you to do for me if it's possible (laughs) because i have this dream that i am you know i'm on air force one or or Bonjour airlines just like the trump plane actually i have designed a plane just like Donald it's Trump, logo. Yeah, 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 logo and everything and it, <laughs> people some people actually think it's real they think it, they think of one airlines How, what's your what's your what's your your your, your pilot voice is that is there a well there, there's is, no pilot you're, speaking, voice. To, you're it, speaking to a microphone isn't it
1: yeah it's the it's the speaker system that makes your voice sound different okay well but, but when 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 we speak we it's the same uh your normal voice um, okay. obviously you, because you're, you're speaking into a microphone, you have to mm-hmm. be quite, uh, uh, you have to pronounce words carefully and, mm-hmm. and quite
0: clearly. Okay. So you're the pilot of laughter Republic airlines. All right. Yeah. Uh, so we're on the plane. Welcome the passengers of laughter Republic airlines.
1: Okay. and where are we well flying
0: to. Uh, you're flying to my country called Gaghdad, state capital. From London to Gaghdad. Gaghdad. Yes.
1: Okay. Oh, uh, then it would be something like, uh, uh, "Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome aboard this uh, Laughter Republic Boeing Triple Seven to Gaghdad in the Laughter Republic. The flight time is going to be about uh, three hours and twenty minutes, and uh, we expect a smooth flight for most of the route." except uh, just before landing when uh, there might be some turbulence due to strong winds we'll uh, come back to you and give you an update uh, just before arrival but in the meantime please make yourselves comfortable hope you enjoy the flight and uh, would like to extend a special welcome on board today to our vip passenger the president of uh, laughter republic president obonjo happy to have you with us and uh, wish you a pleasant
0: flight. <laughs> uh, i don't think you know what you've done to me with that <laughs> i'm gonna get myself a plane
2: <laughs> Look,
0: Olumide, it has been really fantastic uh to talk to you and i really uh i'm really grateful for spending well over i think you've beaten the record we've spoken for well over one hour 13 minutes just really yeah 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 that, it doesn't feel like that at all. honestly it doesn't it doesn't feel yeah. like that but look it's been fascinating just hearing your story, and uh, I wish you well and continued success. I shall share this with uh, the GCI old boys, who knows, maybe
2: <laughs>
1: maybe
0: some of them will come. Maybe I'll be able to attract a doctor to, to come and talk yeah. to you. <laughs> uh, a, yeah, I
1: can recommend a
0: few. <laughs> yeah, I recommend a few, someone who has a, a sense of humor and will get it. But on a serious note, because I know you've only just come back. And uh, so I'm really grateful for your time. Uh yeah, thank uh, you. It's been a, gone.
1: It's been a pleasure, and uh you you owe me now a return. So I have to uh interview you on my uh video blog. I have to start a video blog. As no,
0: well. no, honestly, it's really it's it's this this uh podcast started as a result of the pandemic. I had to find other ways of uh getting my message across, but also just keeping in touch with people, and it's just Really amazing how um, when I talk to people because it's not scripted as you know because it's just free flowing and the things that people mm. tell me you you know I told you about Dilly now you you, you heard Dilly's yeah. story I yeah. didn't even yeah. know Dele's father was assassinated but he shared it with me on that day and we just went on and how he met fella there are really some really interesting stories to hear you know and you don't have yeah, to be, yeah. you don't have to be a celebrity no, uh, so, so, no. You know, for, for me. Uh, the title of this podcast has to be chasing your dreams it has to be about chasing your dreams it's about you know resilience it's about believing that you you will meet that dream no matter whatever your parents say and and if it's yeah. your calling it will happen yeah exactly exactly yeah. because you you had obstacles along the way your parents not supporting you your eyesight the funding but you know God made a way one way or the other and look at you, you exactly. It. And, exactly and for me, I'm hoping that it will inspire other people who listen to this to say, because as far as I'm concerned, even though we are over 50, uh, people can still chase their dreams. Do you understand? Yeah. What I'm saying? You know, they still can chase their dreams. It's not a case of uh, Moses, uh, who, who didn't get to the promised land. You just have to keep at it. And I know there are lots of people who still want to do things yeah, they, yeah. They, they still are thinking about and are saying oh maybe I'm too old now maybe there, there's not yeah you know because so, yeah. so far you still have life and a life on kicking I don't see any reason why you can't explore those things no
1: I agree with you completely and like I mentioned uh, there's there's the 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 risk sometimes puts people off you know. Mm-hmm. And my advice would be you only live once, you know, take the risk. Yeah. Take the risk. If it doesn't work out, at least you try it.
0: I think there's a saying that I rather, I don't know who said it. I'm trying to remember. It's better to die, to try dying than not yeah. to try at all.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's better to find yeah. your voice than yeah. not have
0: a voice. You know, those things yes. are really, really important. And, you yeah. know, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, because now you know, I, almost every week I come across somebody who says, "Ah, you know what?" And I wanted to be a pilot too, you know. Um, and to me, it, it doesn't really resonate, you know. Um, if if somebody said to me, "Ah, you know, I wanted to be a pilot, I went to the flying school, mm-hmm. but I didn't have the money for it," then I think uh, at least you tried. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but, but there's no point. Uh, 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 a doctor saying to me, "Ah, you know, I wanted to be a pilot, or you know," mm-hmm. and I, okay, yeah. So, what do you want me to say? Like, <laughs> sorry, sorry, or, or congratulations, or, or what? You know, if you wanted to do it, uh, then either tell me you tried but didn't succeed,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or just saying I wanted to do it. Yeah, I I, I wanted to go to the moon, you know. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's not really.
0: um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So my my final question to you, because I was going to end it, but you've raised a very important point about chasing your dreams, but just very briefly, is it too late for anyone over a certain age to want to become a pilot? Is there a a, a qualifying age limit?
1: No, there's no no qualifying age limit. the upper age limit is, uh, I think, sixty-five. Wow! Yeah, but you, uh, well, let let me let me qualify that. There's no age limit to getting a pilot's license mm-hmm. uh, up until sixty-five. Over mm-hmm. sixty-five is possible mm-hmm. if you can get the medical. Mm-hmm. We we are not apart from the flying license. We have medical checks every year. Okay which you have to pass
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, so that's one of the risks of the profession is that you're you're only guaranteed your job on your profession until your next medical Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, you might go for medical and they find something and Mm -hmm. they say oh sorry that's it you know so it could it could end abruptly. you can't uh, you don't take it for granted you know you go go year to year Um, so sixty-five is the official age limit yeah. um, for getting a license. That's one thing. The more difficult thing is the possibility of getting hired by a company, yeah, which decreases as your age goes up, mm-hmm. yeah. Because, uh, like I mentioned to you, the basic training costs about a hundred thousand mm-hmm. pounds. After the airline employs you, they then have to train you on that specific Nissan Micra, mm. yeah, or mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm, type mm-hmm. of type of plane it is. Mm-hmm. So that's another two or three months of training in a simulator that costs ten million pounds or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're investing a lot of money in 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 training you, mm-hmm. right? And they do that with the long term view that you're gonna return that investment by Mm. being a pilot for them for the next Mm. 20 years, 25 Mm. years. Um, So if you turn up as a 60 year old, uh, there are very few companies that are gonna invest that amount in you Mm -hmm. knowing that in five years you have to retire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, in terms of flying, getting a license, flying small planes doing it for fun for for recreation the age limit is your retirement age
2: yeah
1: Um, and not not everybody has to be an airline pilot you know um Mm -hmm. uh, the, the i had so much fun flying before was an airline pilot like i told you mm-hmm. i used to take days off work mm-hmm. and fly to paris mm-hmm. to, to france mm-hmm. uh, take uh, i took uh, a friend of ours jima mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, i took him flying
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: to that newcastle uh, gci oba mm-hmm. meeting you know mm-hmm. i used to take guys you know and say mm-hmm. oh, let's let's fly here let's fly there." Mm-hmm. you know that's also fun even now when we fly to uh, the caribbean for example mm-hmm and we have to stay there four days, you know. Uh, We rent a small plane and fly from island to island. Mm -hmm. Um, I I went with a a friend of mine. We flew um, all around the USA, Mm -hmm. just the two of us in a a small uh, Cessna. Uh, We spent two weeks just flying from city to city, Grand Canyon Mm -hmm. to Las Vegas, to Houston, to Bermuda, you know, everywhere. So that that's fun as well. Um it, it's not only airline flying, there's all kinds of of flying that's that's fun and uh,
0: so I, could I, I mean, could I could get a license and get a small you, plane, name it a and you know. Definitely,
1: definitely, yeah. and then fly it around your estate. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Look, Look, I've <laughs> taken a lot of your time. All uh, no, no. Thank you so much, um, viewers and listeners. This has been a fantastic uh, podcast interview. I have thoroughly enjoyed myself catching up with my old school mate, and he's given me an idea that I should also chat with some of my other old school mates with different uh, professions. I know I probably would get a doctor because you know I I need I when well, we can learn some things about you know yeah, yeah. as well. So it's a good way. So, Ulumide, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And O'Shea thank you so much. Thank you, President. Thank you. Thank you. you. (laughs) This show is part of Podomedy, the podcast comedy network. We're the best kept secret on A-Cast. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out Podomedy.com now.